Um, I'd like to invite uh, Rowan to come up. Uh, Rowan Locke is the CEO of Thinking Matters, uh, based in Tauranga. Hey. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, rushed over this morning. Rushed might be part of the word. Oh, yeah. Well, we don't need to go into details <laughs> involving numbers and <laughs> those kaimais and <laughs> trying to pass trucks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Hey, Rowan, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself to people who... I've met, not met you before. Yeah, well, I'm Rowan Locke, and I'm the uh, CEO for Thinking Matters. Uh, Thinking Matters, you know, as we, as uh, Jeremy has said, is based in Tauranga. Um, I live in Papamoa with my uh, beautiful wife. There we go. There she is. She's also down the back with our son, um, who needs to be reined in constantly. Um, he's two and a half, so it's just it's a lot of energy, you know, a lot of early mornings. Um, I'm actually from Upper Hutt originally. Uh, please don't hold that against me. I, I just as soon as I saw the light, I got out of there. Um, I moved to, to to Tauranga actually to go to Faith Bible College, which is a really cool but weird Pentecostal charismatic Bible college. Lots of, um, lots of tongues, lots of falling on the ground. Sometimes it was led by the Spirit. Um, no. It's a really good training ground for learning the discerning of the Spirit, I'll tell you that much. Um, but it is a really good place also to... Uh, they, they, its nickname is Faith Bridal College, um, and it worked out that way for me because uh, a cute girl called Jess came along in 2013, and we were married by 2015, um, but then we just spent some time studying, trying to save money, trying to buy a house, you know, while it was still affordable, three, four five years ago, um, and yeah, and uh, so then we had our son Titan, who's now two and a half years old. Awesome. Good summary. Thanks, Ron. Um, <laughs> you head up a group called Thinking Matters, but we, before we talk about the organisation, I'm interested as to what led you to head up an apologetics organisation. Yeah, well, I don't like using the A word, apologetics. Uh, it makes most people think that we're sorry about being Christian. Uh, <laughs> Or that it's, or those that do know a little bit more about apologetics think it's about arguing with people. Um, but the background for me was, I obviously I went to a state school. I, I joke that I peaked in high school. You know, I was head boy of my high school, but it was only up at college, so that's like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> It's like being the best of the world. It's still something. It's still something. Um, So, but while I was there, my faith was constantly challenged. I grew up in a Christian home. My siblings were Christian. My parents were Christian. We went to church every Sunday. But I was constantly challenged in my faith by my friends, by my peers, um, by the media. Um, And I was always just like had doubts introduced to me. It did probably come to the worst point in my high school backsliding in my last year of high school, where I had an atheist teacher, uh, Mr. Ephraim. He was from Romania. He's, he, you know, we joked that he was secretly a vampire because he always wore black, always wore sunglasses, hated the sun, and had blacked out his classroom because it's a media studies classroom, so, you know. Um, but um, he was also a very avid atheist. Okay. He was a very, and he had the respect of all the students because he was cool, he was like novel. He had all the respect, personal respect, but he would take entire lessons of media studies, I don't know what it had to do with media studies, to argue why God didn't exist. And he would, and I would, and I would try my best to represent the Christians, you know, and I knew in that classroom there were about 20 people that had some sort of faith or some sort of Christian background going into that. Nearly all of them left that year without a faith. I would, nearly myself, I would say I remained Christian, but by a thread, 
it really sent me into um, a really dark place in my faith. And this is just high school. This is not university. <laughs> so um, I was really challenged. Skip forward a couple of years, and I'd sort of rekindled my faith in, in Christ, and, and I'd felt him call me, like, because I'd always felt his call in my life, and I, was, I didn't know how to respond to that call, so I went to Bible college, because that's what everybody, that's what all the cool kids were doing. Um, but I went to a really different one, so I knew I just wasn't going for my friends. I was like, ah, oh, I feel cool to go to Bible college, but in case it's just my flesh going like, hey, you can hang out with your friends, uh, I'll go to some other different one. And I got there, and I was introduced to the subject of apologetics, and I couldn't believe it as I sat in the classroom and heard evidence after evidence after evidence about why we can trust the scripture, why we can believe that God created the universe, and just the, just the vast copious amounts of evidence that there is for the kingdom of God. And so I was like, where was this when I was in high school? And even to this day, I visually picture myself arguing with my atheist media studies teacher when I'm learning something new. I'm like, ah, oh, that'll show him, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you keep a a kind of a picture of him in your mind? Yep, he's the picture in my mind as the right. one who was like, who had attacked my faith the most, despite being a great guy, it challenged me the most. It's still in my, my mental image as I'm learning new things. I pretend I'm presenting it to him. <laughs> that's, that's interesting. I had a similar experience at university with one particular lecturer who, who had it really up against Christian faith. And, and I do the same thing. I, I imagine when I learn apologetic stuff that I get the opportunity to go back. Let's go back and... Um, he's probably passed away now, so I've missed that opportunity. But it it's, can be a helpful framing one, I think, sometimes to, to, to do it because of the challenge of that. Mm. Talking a little bit about thinking matters, you, you guys have a, a strap line, three... Um, aim it that way, maybe, and we'll... Three areas that you got... Oh, no, it's under there, next to the yeah, chest yeah. piece. Defend faith, navigate culture, reach people. Why, why those three, Ron? Well, when we say defend faith, uh, it does sound quite combative, and uh, anybody who's had anything to do with uh, the area of apologetics always gets quoted 1 Peter 3.15, which is always be prepared to give a reason for the hope that you have, or one word for reason is defense. Um, and so we really go from that one. But the actual scripture that I personally like more is Philippians um, 1.16, which says, I am put here for the defense of the gospel. And... Um, Defend, okay, it could be quite competitive, except we do um, wage war in the spiritual realm. And by being renewed um, in our minds, we're able to wage that war uh, more effectively. Uh, also, uh, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 verse 5 says, we demolish arguments in every stronghold, uh, sorry, in every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Thought, thinking matters. <laughs> now, when we talk about navigate culture, we all encounter lots of cultural issues. And I think, you know, uh, not to get too political, but I think we know in the, in the last 10, 20 years that our culture has shifted away from the, the Christian, uh, Judeo-Christian Western principles of which our nation was founded upon, um, if not overtly, covertly. And so how do we respond to those? Now, there's lots of people that are speaking into that space of truth and, and what's the truthful thing, but we've got a gospel response to those things. We've got a compassionate and gospel response. And so we need to navigate the culture, not just necessarily steamroll uh, people's views, because a lot of people come with hurt. They come with, if you've got uh, people, I mean, let's, okay, let's just be forward, think, LGBTQ+, transgenderism, um, uh, casual hookup culture, 
you know, the demolition, demolition of the family unit, things like that, that we know all stand in opposition to the truth of the gospel. Uh, however, the, the thing is, the gospel is also equal part compassion. So how do we go alongside those people in a way where we are able to present the truth and they'll really be able to see it in love? Because a lot of those things are rooted uh, in hurt um, or um, historical issues or, or thoughts. So how do we respond to that? How do we navigate those things rather than just necessarily steamroll our opinions? Because <laughs> that way we're not fighting ideology with ideology, we're actually fighting ideology with gospel. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the final point. That's right. We also reach people. That does seek. That that does segue in and um and to reach people. So how can you have useful conversations? Um, we've uh, that help uh, people see the truth of the gospel. And it doesn't have to be a big conversation all at once. Um, I think we all know that standing on the soapbox and, you know, you're all going to hell isn't the most effective way for reaching most people. And that's been a lot of people's big criticism. A great way of reaching people is by just having conversations, by asking questions, get to know where people are. And so, and there's little tactics and little things that you can use to navigate that well so that you don't get flustered and anxious, you don't experience like, oh man, they're making, they've really got me on the ropes and they've got me questioning my own faith. I want us to be able to make the doubters doubt. Right, okay. Question the questions. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Yeah. I think you guys will see, um, I, I love when I hear Rowan talk about um, the way both thinking matters is set up, but also um, their kind of posture towards people and the wor world is very helpful, um, and, and why we're, we're keen to continue to partner with, um, with the Admitters Organisation, which you'll be pleased to hear, Rowan. Yes, I'm very pleased to hear that. Rowan, you, you talked about this, and I, I think we all feel that, that, that kind of... Um, uh, enmity, I guess, from the world as, as Orthodox Christian faith is hostility. more and more kind of unpopular. Hostility, great word for it. Mm. What, what, where do you kind of place where those obstacles are for us um, giving a defense of our faith? Well, those things that I listed out, we might think that those are actually all of the obstacles that will stop us from sharing our faith. And I would say, no. <laughs> I would say actually our own doubts are the, the biggest obstacle because actually what we've got in the gospel is a response to all of those things. However, if we don't feel like we've got the answers to be able to respond to those things and get people to the gospel, then, uh, then we'll just be sort of like left like, oh, okay, now I'm, I'm impotent. I've got no power. I don't know what to say. Every time I try and share the gospel, they hit back, oh, you're just a hateful Christian. You're a bigot. You know, words like that. And, um, and that all causes us to have doubts. Um, I, I think we can recognize where there has been historical wrongs in the church, where we've got things wrong, and that's part of just navigating that culture really well. Um, but yeah, so we might think that the culture wars are our, our biggest obstacle, you know, that, that broad term where we say that uh, the Christian principles are fighting the principles of the darkness. Um, but really, it's just our own doubts that will be the biggest obstacle. Not feeling confident in being able to have conversations with friends and family uh, that are non-believers, or even friends and family that are believers, but might have a faith that's probably not as deep as 
they, we might think they don't need to have or that um, they might admit that they don't have. They might not have a deep faith. And uh, one of the great things of apologetics is it's not just about trying to help unbelievers and have a response. It's actually about helping believers feel much more confident in their faith so that they can, when you're like reading this Bible, you're going like, hey, this stuff happened. This actually happened, and I can, I can go in full knowledge going that there's actually a really, I call it the compendium of uh, Christian apologetics. There's so much evidence for our faith that it's not a blind faith. I say, uh, our faith is not blind, it's not bereft of it. I'd say the more I study apologetics, the more I feel that my faith's not blind, but my faith is on high beams, because I see God absolutely everywhere and in everything when you start to study more and more about creation, about science, about philosophy, and, and the historiosity for scripture. Cool. I think we, it feels because of the things that you talked about in the last 10 to 20 years, um, on, on so many levels in our culture that it feels overwhelming. And I think, as you're saying, you know, we feel less inclined to share because we're not sh- always sure of the answers that we're giving mm. and the posture that that kind of comes across. Yes. What gives you hope then? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Ah, Jesus, God, the Bible. No, that's Sunday school answers. Well, obviously Jesus is our source of hope. And, um, but what gives me hope is seeing actually the... Uh, I would say the the tune change in the church in the last few years, and I would love to blame COVID because it's been a fantastic thing, you know. Uh, don't don't let God doesn't waste the tragedy, you know. Like He doesn't waste the crisis. Um, I think it's seeing that actually us Christians are seeing that, hey, we need to actually be able to have better responses to um, to tough questions, um, and that better qu- answers do exist. Yeah. That we don't have to feel that okay. Science, we can't touch the science realm because that's not our realm. We're in, the, we're in the theology department. We don't have anything to do with the science department or the philosophy department or um, in morality or in government. You know, oh, don't, don't mention your political views when it comes to religion. Forbid that God, please don't do that, you know. Um, however, um, more and more we're seeing uh, that uh, we're really becoming, because we're in a minority now as Christians in New Zealand, uh, we have to start acting like one in terms of our, uh, our evangelism, our approach. And I would say that what makes me hopeful is that more and more people are starting to do that. Oh, man, I'd love to explore that. <laughs> please please do. Right. Uh, well, no, I'm just interested by your comment and acting like a minority. Do you want to just unpack that a, l- a little I bit? I do, more? because I would say that... Uh, New Zealand Christians, we're fantastic, but we've become evangelically not complacent, not lazy, out of practice, that's the nice way to put it. We've become evangelistically out of practice. We've been resting on our laurels as a Christian, uh, Christian majority country. Our principles have generally been the norm. Our values have generally been the norm for so long. Um, but you know, only five to seven percent of people come to Christianity in New Zealand year on year. Oh well, in, in a lifetime. So if we're now standing at about, and the latest statistics say we're about 33 percent. 33 percent of New Zealanders identify as Christians. That's a huge drop. You know, like. Um, I don't know if they captured my son in that statistic, but uh, I put on his census form that he identifies as a Christian. <laughs> but so that's the statistic. Um, so we no longer can sort of be in this place. I like, oh well, as long as I raise my children Christian, you know, or as long as I'm just the just like light in my little area, sort of thing like that. It's like, well, actually, we've got to be quite serious about sharing our faith. 
Um, we can't just take it for granted that people have a Christian worldview or some understanding. Uh, even 10 years ago, I remember trying to evangelize to you know, kids in Upper Heart, of course, um, and some of them have, had actually genuinely didn't know who Jesus was. Wow. Like, so while they knew the, the, they used the word Jesus a lot, but it wasn't to do with God, you know, like, um, so they used that a lot, but they just didn't know that he was this historical figure and had never stepped in a church their whole life. So all of that assumption of what we once had in the church in New Zealand, we have to start realizing that that's gone. But the good thing is that will make us more active and more reward for us in heaven when we start doing more for his kingdom. <laughs> I mean, uh, I've got one last question, but I'll, before I do that, we're going to do a little bit of advertising here because one of the things in Rowan coming was um, uh, these guys do a lot of work uh, in amongst churches and uh, have events and things going on. Um, oh, here, you go. You advertise this one. Well, uh, Rally Street has been a fantastic partner with us to host our uh, 2013 Thinking Matters Conference. Uh, if you've been to it before, we used to call it the Confident Christianity Conference, but I really didn't think we needed another CCCNZ sort of event, so I just call it the Thinking Matters Conference. Um, and what we've got is a bunch of topics and presenters who are able to help explain the different scientific, philosophical, historical evidences for the Christian faith, as well as give you a really good toolbox to be able to present that, those views um, uh, as, as well. So. Um, we put a bunch of flyers out the front there as well. Um, our keynote speaker, his name is Max Jiganathan, um, or Jiganathan, he doesn't mind. He's from the Centre for Public Christianity, which is a really cool name for an organisation based in Australia. And he's also uh, a mentor to a lot of the Christian MPs uh, in, in Parliament, in, well, Senators, I believe they are over there, in, in, um, in Australia. Um, he's able to speak really well into a bunch of different cultural issues that we face today and what our gospel responses to those. Because it's, I don't ever want us to just be talking about what the issues are and why we're right and why they're wrong, but what our gospel responses in all of those instances. So that's taking place here on the 9th and 10th of June. Um, so it's a, gonna be a Friday night for two sessions and then it's gonna be all day Saturday. There will, it will be catered, so that should just get you all just signed up straight away. Um, and for you, if uh, just today, because I'm here and because I'm feeling generous, if you sign up on our website today and use the promo code RALLY, as in Rally Street, oh, yeah. then you'll get $10 off of the already very cheap registration. Um, so the topics that you'll include is just like, uh, she'll be right, uh, why bother with God if I'm happy? Um, the universe had a cause, which is an incredible evidence for Christianity. It's just like, well, why is there something rather than nothing you know, where'd this big bang come from? Um, fear, fraud or facts and a faith-based response to climate change. Uh, did Jesus really rise from the dead? The case for the resurrection, how we can analyze what took place in the Bible to know that, hey, that's something that actually happened, you know, um, and uh, also how we can continue to find truth in a post-truth world. We also deal with the problem of evil and suffering, which is something that touches everybody um, as, as well as a bunch of other topics as well, but yeah. Oh, that's cool. Sign up. Um, there'll be someone in the concourse, Gerald from Thinking Matters regionally, is going to be here and yep. um, signing people up too. Um, we also have a visiting speaker from Thinking Matters, a guy from the US, uh, an atheist who turned into um, became a believer. He's going to be here on May the 14th. Exceptional, exceptional apologist. Got Very a great, a great testimony. So that's going to be May the 14th, Sunday morning here, and then he's going to do um, a training session as well on that day. Uh, and then the very own Rowan Locke, 
um, today uh, in our elective space in the, through in the chapel is going to talk um, in regards to, it's all relative about moral relativism, Oh yes. your my, truth, yeah, my, my truth. truth. Whose truth? Whose truth? How can we know anything's true? Very, very, very critical. Rowan, um, what should motivate us to be involved more in sharing our faith? Well, what should get, particularly us within the church to be motivated is understanding that approximately three in four young people that are brought up in a Christian household will walk away from the church. 75%. A later research, um, that research is, I think it was from about 15 years ago, and then a generation goes by, and it's like, oh, the percentage has gotten slightly better, but that's because a whole generation didn't come to know Christ, and now it's get it, we're, we're now scraping the bottom of the barrel. Only 7 to 12% of people in churches have converted to Christianity and didn't grow up in a Christian home. So they might have converted from another religion or they've converted from no religion, except that's a really small percentage. So if you think that 90% of the people in churches, well, they were born into that household, that means that we're really not doing our job of external evangelism. Um, I was also going to say, unfortunately, because uh, Kiwis are env- evangelistically out of practice and because we've been enjoying this Christian uh, presupposition, should I say, you know, um, I think that should also motivate us to, to be more enthusiastic about sharing our faith. But not just sharing it unequipped, let's get equipped. We get equipped. Let's get, get the knowledge that we need. Let's get the tools, the conversational tools that we need to be able to have useful conversations. Um, what is really, what is really motivating? I mean, you can say the dark, the dark stuff is what really motivates us. Except just knowing that there is hope and that there is a light, and that this is not just a dark past, but we've got a bright future. Uh, where darkness abounds, light abounds so much more. Um, where we might have felt weak, God's strength is made perfect in our weakness. So there's lots of hope for us, um, and obviously we get more rewards in heaven for our, for our stewardship of the time that we have here, so. <laughs> nice motivation. Hey, let me pray for you, bro. Thank you for, for being here, and we look forward to your elective space. But thank let, you let's pray. Mm. Father, we thank you for this message. We thank you that you are the way. Lord, we don't convert people. Um, we can't control the outcome in that space, but we can be the messengers. We can be your ambassador. You can be in the places reaching people that you are called us to reach. Father, would you help us to become more equipped? Would you light a fire in us that burns for the people in our world who do not know you and are a long, long away away from you? But we may even be the only Christian that they know, and so we have an obligation in that space to share that. Would you would you do that in us? Father, I pray for Rowan. I thank you for Thinking Matters and the work that they are doing. I pray a blessing on him and, on, and his family and the work that they are doing as they equip Christians and churches. A blessing over them as an organization and on Rowan in particular. We pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.